0: Sports family, opting out, what's your take?
1: on sports family. It's your favorite two grown ass men, Mike and Jamal. Two games sports talk. Two grown ass men. Mike, good morning. Say what up to the sports family.
0: What's up, sports family? We got a little topic for y'all, and we we want to get your thoughts on it. There's a, been a lot of discussions about opting out over the last year, whether it's been COVID, uh, whether it's been getting ready for an NFL combines and drafts and all this stuff, and. It's starting to trickle down to high school. So we thought it'd be a good time to kind of dive into this subject, opting out. So what brought this conversation about is Jaden Blue, a senior in the state of Texas, running back, five-star recruit, has decided to opt out of his senior year in high school to prepare to get ready for going to college at the University of Texas Um, and do training to prepare himself. And I think he's going to be an early enrollee where he would um, enroll in in January or February, whenever it is. Um, So what, 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 what is our take on this? I, I'm going to dive on in. I actually am a big proponent of this, especially in football. Um, I think there's only so many hits your body can take. And so the fewer hits you can take on your body before getting to the NFL, I think gives you a chance at a longer career. Um, So if I was Jaden's parents and he is a five-star recruit and was identified as a five-star recruit prior to his senior year in high school, to me, you have nothing else to prove. So I would tell my son, Hey, let's focus on your schoolwork and let's, we'll get you some training in Texas. There's, no shortage of prior perform, uh, former professional athletes that do training and specialized training to get you ready for football-specific related drills. So I would say, hey, opt out your seat, get ready, go play a year or two in college till they recognize you as a potential first or second round draft pick, and then opt out the rest of college until you are eligible for the draft. What are your thoughts, Jamal?
1: Man, it's interesting. It's interesting because you know, being um, not being from Texas, man, we we kind of you always hear before moving to Texas, you would always hear uh, the comparison Texas football against Florida football, and I mean, just like of course, you know what the 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 connotations with uh, with Florida is that speed kills. Like we we got speed that you can't teach. In Texas, it's all about, man, like, look, these guys wake up. They're born with a football in their hand. Football, football, football. But you know what was what, kind of interesting about this? A few years ago, I heard this, and I, I it was the first time I ever heard it. But it seemed like it was so common in the state of Texas, and it starts kind of spilling over into other, uh, in other parts of the world, is that how they start, their p- parents would purposely hold their kids back so that they can develop more. they can, Their bodies can develop more. So it, it, the interesting part for me is that, okay, are we talking about actual fifth-year se- seniors or fourth-year seniors? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's crazy how, like, how much they invest in the game of uh, football. Like, just now, here see. in Texas, it's ridiculous. I
0: mean, now, my – When you say holding back, you mean they're holding their child back a grade level.
1: A grade level. A whole grade level. A whole yeah. year. So, meaning that these kids are so when your 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 kid is coming in as a uh, a freshman, this kid is really technically uh, <laughs> a a a junior probably, and that like and not just it, it's to the point where now they're just saying hey we're saying a year, but these guys depending on where how your birthday fell because again in the state of Texas if your b- birthday falls uh, after the start of, uh you know kindergarten or whenever it is, you're going to have to start instead of five years old, you're going to have to be six, possibly seven. And when I tell you like these in the state of Texas, man, it is unreal. You see high schools that look like damn universities. I'm saying all that to say this is that, I mean, damn, is it really about the kids' education or is it really about hey look let's make these dollars? I know high schools are are. I don't think the high schools will be opposed to it because I feel like they're already getting four years out of them anyway because they're holding them back a year. <laughs> so that's my stance on it, Mike. These guys go get your go get the bag is what they're saying these days. Go get the bag. Right, and and
0: I, I think it's it's a it's a challenge because of now control is in the arena of the athlete, if you ask me, right? High school coaches can no longer say I'm going to get you a scholarship or I can help get you a scholarship. Like, once these kids have been identified by their 10th grade year and getting offers, the high school coach kind of becomes obsolete. Like, you know, they can go get professional training and things like that. Now, what they won't get is in-game experience, but they can get the professional training. There's so many ways you can study film now and all that different stuff. Like you can still have a lot of working knowledge when it comes to preparing yourself. So the athlete now has control over um, their situation and not for nothing, people may not want to agree with it, but there are countless stories of high school coaches standing in the way of kids getting scholarship offers. Right. So there's always been that power in the high school coach. But now if a kid is identified early, that kid has all the power if they choose or want to play for a certain coach, because, you know, there's all these transfer rules. If you go move, try to play for a school across town and all this stuff, and your PO, but your mailboxes, this, that, like you are really stuck with your high school coach where you live. And so if that doesn't work for you, you may not have to play for them if you are a good athlete. It also takes control away from the universities who try to work with these high schools and the university want still is going to want these, these players. This running back is a five-star recruit him sitting out would Texas really punish him and be like, you know, we're going to pull that offer because we don't have any senior film on you. You know how many other schools would be like, great, we'll take you. You know how many HBCUs would be Like what if this kid, couldn't get a power five scholarship because he sat out, but he's a five-star recruit. What if he goes to Grambling? What if he go? you know, what if he went to those types? So the player still has all the, the power right now in this situation. And the other thing is when they get to college is these colleges are going to have to really think about it because now you're starting to see players are opting out of senior years in college. Sometimes junior and senior year in college. If they've been identified as a bona fide stud, a lot of them are sitting out and just getting ready for the draft. A perfect example, Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver. As a freshman with Joe Burrow as his quarterback, you could tell he was a first-round wide receiver. As a freshman, sat out last year, went to the draft, what, top 10 pick? He didn't have to take any extra hits. He didn't have to risk tearing an ACL. He didn't have to, you know, be basically um, owned by the school and have their schedule and his, their class. Like he could, he could train and focus on his, his profession and still go get paid after one season in college. NFL didn't NFL did not punish him for that and and say, Oh, you're going to be a second round pick. So Again, this is one of the few situations I think players have the power and I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. The the power, the power dynamics absolutely have shifted. Um and I and I think it's it's worth noting that when you have a a powerhouse state that that like that breeds football players that are going to be first round talent, future first round talents I think like the state of Texas, even the state of Florida and and not to leave out any other states. But I think you when you think of, of, you know, football, uh, Texas, the state of Texas is the like the the powerhouse when it comes to to overall talent, regardless of position. And I think what you know, when I say power dynamics, what I'm referring to is that um, in the past the institutions had all the power, at least allegedly they had all the power. Um, And it was, Hey, look, we can showcase your talent. Mike and I talked about this before recording is that really that's what these universities are. These high schools are there. Like they have the platform for the player to showcase their talent. The players because of technology, social media exposure, guess what these players are doing? They're exposing themselves. So do I need you or do you need me? So that's the shift in the power dynamics. So when you start thinking about smaller uh, smaller cities, these little smaller cities where you don't really have all the exposure, the equipment, the technology, but you may have some really good coaches. Those coaches, guess what? They don't want to lose their player, their star player. Not And notice I say a star player, not just Five mm-hmm. all stars just sitting on the sitting there just waiting for their chance. But you got that one player that makes your offense run or makes your defense stout. You want to hold on to that player as long as possible. So I could see that kind of the butting of heads in that situation. But let's be real, you, you, you know how, how you can't hold a kid back. You don't want to bad mouth that 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 kid either because you know what you never know. What's going to how these kids are going to pan out just because they perform at, at this high level now doesn't mean they're going to perform at a high level um, on the biggest stage. And that's the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you. I love the fact of now we're saying, young man, you have you have real control over your situation. And I'm a fan of like, say, hey, pro- prolonging uh, um, you know careers, especially at the running back position, because. Like the one of the most devalued positions in the NFL is the running back. Absolutely. They, and I mean it's the slap in the face, take on all the uh hits. And what do you always hear, uh like at all levels of football, Mike, that coaches will say, analysts say, Hey, the passing game starts with the running game. So pay these, pay these guys like it start like they start with the passing
0: game. Yep. And and even if you think about basketball when you start talking about showcasing, right? Basketball, What is what the dynamic you're starting to see now is a lot of kids may not even play for the high school basketball team and they'll play in the AAU circuit, right? And go to these tournaments where all these college coaches are going to AAU tournaments and getting discovered that way. But to take it even further, what some of the best of the best are doing is saying okay i'm using this aau to showcase myself because they put it all on youtube and all these things and now when i graduate i'm gonna go overseas and play a season or two overseas and get paid and then come back to the states when i'm eligible for the nfl nba draft and so now you've taken again i'm big proponent of education so i do i would always advise these guys to get education at some point but now when this kid has graduated from high school they have begun their earning potential they've gone overseas they're getting paid you know they're they're going with like a parent or a guardian or whatever they're getting paid and getting development because they're playing against pro players in europe getting that development and then coming back the, one of the best examples, um, Lavar Le, Ball's son. Was it LaMelo that went LaMelo, over there? Yeah, yeah. You can't tell me he's not NBA ready. Like the path he took and he was getting paid, didn't have to go to a university and put money in all these university pockets and not get paid as an athlete. And so, again, you're starting to see these athletes making decisions that will put um, them first, their families first, um, and their earning potential first. Uh, you know it's it's i think it's a beautiful thing um and it, it is going to shake up the power dynamic like what what how do these institutions and these organizations address this because you're going to continually use the best of the best to this
1: yeah yeah i think and and i think whether you're a fan or not at some point you have to embrace it because just think about what we've learned over this last past year year and a half is that Shit is gonna be thrown your way. You have to you have to learn how to adapt. And and that's the thing with sports, is that look, players get bigger, they get faster, a lot quicker than they used to. I mean, you hell, I I just saw, I'm in Walmart, guys, and I'm like, I see what I I, I appears to be a grown ass man. This kid is 16, he's 6'4, <laughs> 235 pounds, and I'm like. Yeah, hey, hey, miss. I call him Mr. Hey, hey, sir. You ain't, like, hey. No you ain't
0: put no popcorn, ain't on no popcorn on that dude.
1: Hell not. Hell to the no, no, no. That was just like Red's dad on Friday. <laughs> Messing with me. You want some of this old man? Nope. <laughs> so, no. All I'm saying is that like, you have got to, whether you embrace it or not, don't get left behind because the game of football, basketball, all sports has evolved and we're at that point where if covid hadn't taught you anything it should have taught you how to evolve in every situation and i and i i agree with you i am a fan of this because now what we're talking about is like we're really talking about more than just football um or any sport we're talking about management of thyself <laughs> managing uh, your what your career is going to look like
0: i right. um, i love and, it there was and there was such this uproar about Paying college athletes, right? There's such a huge uproar about oh, they're getting a free education and pay. Oh, I would pay them all. Well, you know what? How about you just don't have the best of the best? How about the best of the best just opt out? Right? <laughs> right now, now that's gonna be a problem, right? So it, it's it's it, it's uh I think a great argument for those people that are saying, no, you shouldn't pay college athletes. Okay, don't pay them. Now you're going to see the Jamar Chases of the world give you one year. One, They're going to give you a one-year audition, and then they're just going to sit out. And, and the thing is, whatever he did in that one year, clearly, and, and I said even watching him that season, I'm like, this dude is legit. Like, He didn't need to show anybody else. A scout didn't need to see anything else for them to know he's a first-round, top-ten pick. Not even like, oh, he may slide into the back end of the first round. Like, no, off of a freshman campaign. So if you think about, like, some of the great players that have come through college football, Adrian Peterson, when he was at Oklahoma, they used to run the dog crap out of him. And he put up huge numbers. But how much longer would his NFL career have been if he only played one season at Oklahoma? Because I guarantee, you, after that first season in Oklahoma, we all knew who he was, and we all knew he was a top ten pick in the first round. Right? Yeah, like they was like, "Tell him what his name is." <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Bro, I'm him. telling you, yo. Hey, it's
1: Mike. Good. You, hey, you bring up a good point though, too. It's just like, re- really, and, and it kind of goes to show you, like, when keeping it real goes wrong because. <laughs> You know, for, for years, for decades, the NCAA fought against paying these players. And us video gamers, we missed out on several years of college football, NCAA football. Damn you! Damn you! Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so, I, I I mean, and then so they were like, you know what? Oh, shucks. Somebody talked sensitive to them and, and said, like, you're right, the pow- power dynamic shifted. And somebody at the highest level, realized that, guys, we got to do something to offset it. So it wasn't like, okay, you had this changing of hearts and you you, know, you want to help the player. You want to help your damn pockets because you realize mm-hmm. it was bleeding and you need them. And they realized, these players realize that, hey, man, free educate. you got to do more than that. And, Mike, I have to bring back something you said in the past several times before is that, you know, these, if these colleges get smart, these universities get smarter than what they've been, they're going to start offering, you know, the, the athletes, families scholarships, like your kids have a free ride here, you know? And I think that's what, you you know what, that's worth thinking about, like, okay, you know what? All right. I know I'm going to be a top 10, Uh, uh, talent. I know I'm going top 10 or top 20 or first round, second round NFL. Hell yeah. Sign me up. That's an insurance package. And that's on top of getting paid and all those other things.
0: Yeah. I mean, mean, and, and to to your point, I think it solidifies that second tier. I think the top 10% of the athletes they're going to opt out because the money is going to be so great. They can pay for their extended families to go to college. Right. But it's those guys that the three-star, four-star recruit that, you know, may not be able to propel themselves in the NFL because, you know, contrary to popular belief, everyone doesn't make it in the NFL. Right. And so that group of players, Will now have more incentive to stay to go and stay for years because they know their future families have a, a scholarship to go to this school, right? And so that to me now becomes a recruiting tool for the schools that are technically find it hard to recruit, right? The Notre Dame's where they say our our admission standards are too tough, or Stanford's and all like now. You can get you know some 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 students to be able to go to those schools that maybe historically wouldn't have been able to go or whatever. And there's some poverty and generational curses that get broken that way. Um, so I, I think it is definitely something they should be looking at. But again, and then they're gonna say, "Well, who's gonna fund it? How do we do?" You know, these come on. These schools got so much like. No, I mean, I went I, literally a couple of years ago. Me and my kids got to do a tour of Wake Forest's uh, athletic facilities. Wake Forest, now we're not talking Alabama, we're not talking LSU. And Wake Forest stuff to me was still first class. Like they had spent like $20 million, I guess, on their IFP program and everything. So these schools have the money, right, to be able to fund this kind of stuff. Um, so we'll see. I I I love the the fact that the athlete has more control uh, about how their bodies are used and how much use is it's gonna take. So
1: I love it. Out. Hey, sports family. I, I see. See, Mike and Jamal bring you some very intellectual conversations to really think about. Mm-hmm. So hey, you know what? Stay tuned for more. We're going to break this shit down for you, man. (laughs) Sports family, hey, we love you. Stay tuned for some more dope-ass content from two grown-ass men. (laughs) Grown-grown. Peace.
0: Peace.